So we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newly formed Sports Guys Detroit. Uh, my name is Matt, and I have Noah here with me. How's it going, Noah? Good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to try the uh, podcasting thing. We are big Detroit Lions fans, big Detroit fans, and we're just going to kind of give this a shot and see how it goes. Uh, I've dabbled with podcasting a little bit before in the past with some video game stuff. Uh, Noah's done some Twitch and YouTube stuff in the past. And, a little uh, bit. A little bit. So, but we're just going to give this a shot, and we're going to talk about some Detroit Lions stuff. Uh, we are season ticket holders, and we went to, uh, recently, we went to a uh, practice down there, which um, was... The, what was it? Family? Yeah, it was like a family day down yeah. there that we went to. So, it was pretty cool. And we'll get to number two there in a second, because I skipped over it, but that's all right. Um yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about the practice. You know, it's hard to get a really good uh, feel for how the team is doing right now, I think, because when you watch a practice, you don't know exactly what the coach is looking for, what he's trying to do. And when you're watching a third string play a second string, you, you know, it, like I was even saying when we were there, you know, I was, wasn't was sure who to root for. If the defense did good, I was like, oh, man, the sucks the offense didn't do good or the other way around you know what i mean so i wasn't quite this is, sure this is at the training camp not at... <laughs> what's that oh that was it yeah well same thing training yeah, camp was, practice it was the training camp i wasn't talking about the preseason i was just talking yeah. about the practice yeah but yeah so when we're playing against ourselves and we have uh you know we're going against each other like that our own different strings and stuff it's hard to decide who to root for yeah or what what's going on what's going well what's not going well um i just always root for the People who are closest to starting. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess if your third string, um, if your third string Quarter. beats out the second <laughs> string, that's probably not good for the second string. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the higher guy should always, uh, always do better on there. But so we had a good time there, though. They, uh, some of the guys were signing some footballs and uh, tossing them out to the crowd, and uh, Fox was punting them. <laughs> and they were going way over our heads out yeah. in the back. But what, do you got that football here? Uh, Where's that at? Yeah, hey, go grab it real quick. So Noah got uh, Jared Goff. I'm sure most of you know, but is the now quarterback. Yeah, that looks. Yeah, let me see. I'll hold it up a little closer. Yeah. So I can't really reach that far. <laughs> so if you happen to be listening to this on the podcast, hey, it's good to see you there, Riverhead. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. Um. So, but if you happen to be listening to the podcast, this is on Twitch, and we'll eventually get it on YouTube. Um, but he got an autographed football here of Jarek Goff, so he signed it and uh, threw it, and Noah managed to get the ball. We almost Pick got it up a, off the ground. Well, that's all right. <laughs> you had to run a ways to get it, but we almost got. Um, we almost got it. Who was it? Panay Sewell was the other one that Panay we om- Sewell and Frank Ragnow both threw one into the stands that were near us. Mm-hmm. So, but it was really cool. It was a good time, and uh, they threw a lot of those yeah, they footballs did. into the sands. What'd you say, like thirty or forty a piece? I mean, yeah. they they were there for a while, signing them and throwing them out. I would say like twenty per 20? person. Okay, yeah. And so. then Jack Fox got them off a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was pretty cool. It's pretty neat to. That'd be pretty that. awesome to be someone like sitting at the back and thinking you wouldn't get one of those, and then Jack Fox punts one straight to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Sitting in the, of course, there was no one in the upper deck, but he could have gotten him up there if he wanted to. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a good time. We enjoyed it. It was kind of nice to get uh, with COVID and everything else because we didn't go to any Lions games last year. We had just uh, 
weren't able to do that. I had to watch them all on TV. And so we were pretty, pretty excited to get down to Ford Field again and go check it out. Before we say too much, we probably should mention that we're big on the Detroit Lions yeah. this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. But so, but it's, 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 uh, it's kind of neat to get out and to start checking out the team again, seeing how they're doing. It's a lot different uh, not having Matt Stafford here anymore. So we'll kind of talk about that real quick. Um, you know, a lot of people, yeah, I'm not going to lie, and you know this, Noah, and Eisen knows this as well, but I had a minor panic attack when uh, <laughs> when we lost Matt Stafford. I was, a, I felt it deeply. I was very sad about that. Um, but I'm, Any Lions fan would be. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad that there, there's a few things about this. One, I'm, I'm hopeful for Stafford. I understand him not wanting to go through another rebuild. And I hope the Rams win every game except when they play the Lions this year. So <laughs> I, I, I very I, I hope that he does very well and I hope he gets that um you know, the Super Bowl that he deserves, that Super Bowl ring that he deserves. So but is there anything you wanted to say on that or you, uh, just that Stafford would make the Hall of Fame if he had an <laughs> MVP season or yeah. A Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. He had five thousand yards passing when he was on the Lions. Yep. So, but so I, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited for him to uh, to go there and to start. Uh, let me adjust this just a little bit. There, it's kind of starting to fall. I'll have to secure that better. But anyways, I'm excited for for him. Um, you know, to go and get a chance because he's getting up there in years and probably is not going to survive another Detroit Lions rebuild. Um, you know, and I'm, I am, uh, optimistically hopeful about Jared Goff. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of talking smack about him a little bit and, uh, not necessarily smack, but like they don't necessarily like him. He's just an average quarterback and we're going to go out and get a better one soon. Right. But I think, I think there's a chance that he could be a long-term solution for us. And he'll obviously, we'll have to wait and see how he does these, you know, this season, especially, but you know, if he sticks around after this season, you know, to see how he does, he's not a bad quarterback. Um, he clearly can, can play, he can get to the Super Bowl, And we just got a comment here, uh, says I like Stafford uh but the Rams need to lose more games for a better Lions draft pick and I do that <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good point um you know either I, way works well so. well we'll assume he's going to be there for 2 years and since we get how many first rounds did we get just this we coming got, year we got their next 2 years of first rounds okay so <laughs> maybe the next 2 years they can tank and they can really get their stuff together the 3rd year <laughs> so we can get our draft picks and Stafford can still get that Super Bowl ring so <laughs> Effort's gonna be off the team by the time the third year comes around. <laughs> yeah, if we get a if we get an overall first round out of them, probably he will be. <laughs> but yeah, he just said there you go. He likes that idea. <laughs> but so um yeah, but anyways, so you know, I was sad to hear that he left, but we definitely got a good deal out of it. Um I the Rams obviously were only looking for the short term, but I yeah, think Yeah, people they, I People are saying that like the Lions won that deal, but nobody real well, both sides won the deal. I was gonna say nobody really won it, but both sides won that deal. They got what they wanted and they mm-hmm. got what they needed for short term. It's just the Rams haven't had a first round draft pick since Jared Goff himself. Right. And <laughs> that would be twenty seventeen to twenty twenty three without a Rams first round draft pick. So mm-hmm. But 
yeah, they were clearly just going for short term and want to go out and get that Super Bowl ring. So I understand that. And for us, it's a very good long-term decision. Uh, hopefully we can find a way to make golf work, but if we can't, then, you know, that's okay because we're going to have plenty of opportunities to pick up another quarterback, but you know, so anyways, I don't know. That's about all I had on that, but, uh, let's see, being back to football. And then, um, so you want to talk about the preseason game? Kind of want to talk about our draft picks. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's a good but idea. Just, just in general, it's just real quick. But um, who are you? You specifically, who are your favorite picks of the draft? I was happy about Panay Sewell. Um, who wouldn't be? <laughs> yeah, and um, and uh, 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 uh How do you pronounce his name? Amonra Saint Brown. Because I've heard Amon Ra too. I've heard both as well. Okay. I'd say Amonra though. Okay, so either Amonra or Amon Ra. Well probably end up saying it wrong until we get it figured out later but <laughs> but i i like saint brown um we picked him up in what the fourth round there and fourth round. and but mostly about Sewell because i think that means that we're making the right decisions uh moving forward in the draft uh by working on the offensive line which is something that you know especially considering that when jared goff went from a super bowl quarterback down to a terrible year he had one of the the best offensive lines in a Super Bowl year, and then the next year that went from, what was it, fifth ranked down to 31st ranked in the league for offensive line. Was it that far down? It was pretty bad, yeah. and he, he just had a terrible year the year after the Super Bowl, so he might just need an offensive line and time for plays to develop mm-hmm. to be able to march the ball downfield. Well, and they say he's a good uh, play-action quarterback, um, so, yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I think all of that. I think those are all good points on that. So. <laughs> Amonra St. Brown, um, I liked him a lot when we drafted him. Mm-hmm. And he's a deep threat receiver. He's uh, quite physical. He jumped, He's one person who would jump up for the ball. But when, when I personally looked at his highlights, I saw um, Travis Kelsey. I don't know if you know him. Mm. You're big on the Lions, not necessarily on the other right. NFL. But Travis Kelsey is a tight end on the Chiefs who would just, when a play would break down, he would be able to get open. He'd be able to find an open hole in zone defense or something like that, and he'd be able to find that and get open for his quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I personally saw in St. Brown a lot when when watching his college highlights. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got a couple of comments on here. One of them uh, is from... Uh, Matt from the Thaco Gamers on there. It says that younger version of you is way more knowledgeable, and I agree. <laughs> uh, you are way more knowledgeable. Uh, I've learned a lot from you and your brother about football these last few years as you guys have gotten to my level and then quickly surpassed me. goes him, my brother, and then me, and then you, and then I, I don't know from there. <laughs> What's that? For football for knowledge? knowledge. <laughs> Did you put you at the top? No, I put him um my brother and then oh okay me and then you oh okay i would not put myself at the top of that list oh uh, well if you're listening out there ike uh <laughs> he just gave you more uh football knowledge props than himself so i would say i'm bigger on the detroit lions knowledge than him though okay we'll have to we'll have to challenge him to that when he gets back uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'll be fun so we got it. We got, uh, did you want to talk more about the draft picks? Um, the only 
other two I'd want to talk about was Derek Barnes, but we can talk about him with the preseason game because um, he was injured and wasn't playing for a lot of practices. Mm-hmm. But Jamar Jefferson as well, I really like that draft pick. It was, mm-hmm. what, the last pick of the draft? Yeah. Was it pick 256 mm-hmm. something or something like that? Like that. Um, but he was a running back. I don't know wh- what college he came from, um, but he is an elusive running back who the only big game you could think of off the top of my head would be he had like 250 yards rushing in one of his games mm-hmm. and two touchdowns I think it was but he played amazingly in that game and I think that just shows what he could be for Detroit if DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams weren't to fork out right that's good observation there and it was a good pickup at the end of uh, the entire draft at the end (laughs) of the entire draft so no I agree with that um moving on here so we got a comment on here it says did you catch the preseason game and what did you think about camp bell's late game decisions and we're actually going to get to that that's something we had yeah we had that as a talking point for this <laughs> but that's probably going to be later we're probably going to go through um um golf and then third downs and stuff like that mm-hmm. just big important things pivotal that, moments of the game yeah things that we noticed from there at least so in talking about that, uh, one of the first notes I have on here was Kevin Strong. So do you want to go on that there? <laughs> you don't know what he did. <laughs> but Kevin Strong, he had a pretty strong performance, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Been waiting to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have said that already, I guess. But, yeah. Um, he had six tackles, um, and that really was it from him. But those tackles were pretty important ones with a lot of them being on a third down run or a second and long run where he got a big tackle to prevent the a big gain or to prevent a first down when otherwise it would have been mm-hmm. so he had a good performance and he was I think he's he's pretty young I don't know if he's a rookie or not but he's young I know that and again he played well so mm-hmm. never know but also never know because he's playing against second string guys and you don't know if that's just him above those second string guys but not necessarily to an elite or starting level yet yeah and that's a thing it's hard to put stock into the preseason game and when we get talking about uh Campbell later I mean there's there's so many things that can be looked at a whole play could have went totally awry that was a poorly specifically chosen to not necessarily be one that's going to succeed, but just to put one guy in a certain situation to like see how he performs. Like a conversion we went for. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, you know, it, it is hard when you're watching these games to really judge if, if the game went well or if the game went poorly or what was going on, because we don't know who Campbell was looking at or why, you know, if, if it was if certain things were poor play calling, or if certain things were really good play calling, and, or if he was just doing something just so he can put certain players into a particular situation to see how they perform and not care how the play plays out, other than those guys. We don't know if we would have. We lost that game fifteen to sixteen to the Bills. They kicked a field goal with like twenty seconds remaining in the game, and then, um, with the whole. Dan Campbell time management thing. They kicked it off to us. They 
kicked a squib kick and we got at about the 40. Mm-hmm. And David Blau was sacked after a big play, and we didn't, we didn't call Dan Campbell didn't call a timeout. Right, he just said that's that's game, and we're done, and we're you know we were down by one point. There, and there's a couple of things there. Um, I'm I'm okay with that personally, mm-hmm. but I am too. What and were that's, you gonna say? Oh, that's actually what the comment was in there. It said, "Did you catch?" And what do you think about his late game decision? He said, "I was totally fine with them." By the way, lol. Yeah. So, and I agree, um, because. Do we want like tough gridiron last play just to go win a thing to get somebody injured? No, not necessarily. Or do we want our team to live? Right. It, you know, so you don't necessarily. And what are you going to gain from that one play with the timeout? You're going to win a preseason game. That doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that's not even something for morale, will it? Really, because your team's just going to think, "Wow, we got lucky with a big play at the end of the game, and we got a field goal to yeah. win it." And it's even fair to say, you know, you could say you you could come off of that and be like, oh, we lost the preseason game. If that matters to you, which it doesn't to me, but if it matters to you, we didn't really even necessarily lose it. We went for two points after Craig Reynolds' twenty-five yard touchdown exactly. run exactly. that we wouldn't have gone for in a regular season game. And right, unless we... Dan Campbell isn't as smart as <laughs> we think he is, well, no one, no one would go for a two-point conversion, especially when you're trying to tie the game right up exactly in the second half. So we know that two-point conversion was just to put those guys into that situation and to be able to um, to be able to look back at, at that, of course, that wasn't the best decision, but he just wanted to watch his guys do the two-point conversion to make analysis and do whatever else that a coach is going to do there. In some games, you're going to have to go for a two-point conversion at the end of the game, and he might have just wanted to see what plays would work mm-hmm. down at goal line. He might have wanted to see a few other things. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing that people were talking about with Dan Campbell's um, time... I can't Time think, management. Time management. Um, where was when he had David Blau throwing out routes to get out of bounds and they'd stop the clock when we were in field goal range to win the game. And again, that might have just been to... It might have been a serious play call, but that might have just been to look at his receivers a bit more because we have a lot of receivers fighting for that starting job right now. Exactly. And we've had, yes, we've had issues with time management in the past, but this isn't the the time and place to be able to prove that we know how to do time management. That's going to happen in more than likely the first game. Yeah. Um, But exactly what you said, what did we learn from that? If time management wasn't his concern and just doing the plays, whatever else, we found out Blau did not do horribly Blau at all. was 5 of 6 for 73 yeah, yards. exactly. That's what I'm saying. So do, do we want to do time management there, or do we just want to be able to see what our people are capable of doing? And Blau did not do bad. We had good passes, good uh, route running, and everything else, and, and it's okay to not have to stress about running the clock if there's other thing, other things as a coach that you want to look at or are concerned about. And I think Blau did better than um, Tim Boyle that game. I almost said Tim Tebow, but no. Well, he did better than Tim Tebow, too. <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow wasn't playing his best at that Lions-Bills game. <laughs> he could have done better. But um, I, just, I just liked David Blau more, and honestly, it kind of reminds me of if um, the best scrambling quarterback and the best like pocket quarterback in the league, their abilities were dimmed down quite a bit. Right. Like if you had 
like I feel like David Blau was more like Tom Brady, just staying in the pocket looking for somebody open. He wasn't really running around. Mm-hmm. And you'd have Tim Boyle more like a Lamar Jackson who can run around, who can avoid defenders and try and scramble for that first down. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously their um, skills would their skill level would be dimmed down a bit to yeah. reach that. But that's the play style I saw from those two. It it felt like from when they were playing Blau that their plan was for him at third string. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was yeah. able to move up. Uh, because of that game. Yeah, I had a boil because of that game. Because even Boyle at the practice that we went to uh, wasn't that impressive there either. Um, yeah. Blau did better at the scrimmage than at the practice, but he... At the game. Yeah, yeah, at the at the preseason game um, than during the practice. But we just got a comment on there. said Tebow got cut today so the Lions can sign him. <laughs> <laughs> At their quarterback position. What what was he? Was he a he was tight a tight end, end on tight the end? Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that block? Did you end up watching that? Um. Yeah. Um. It was a podcast we were watching. Oh, was Both it? I thought it. we were listening to it and then we came and watched it later. But we we watched it. Okay, so you did see that with me. Yeah. That. I, I, and <laughs> yeah, that they were kind of going on about that. You know, I don't. I get. We don't have to go off on Tim Tebow necessarily yeah. <laughs> on this, but so. Um. Justin Fields, um, this is a different preseason game, but Justin Fields had a strong performance um, in his Bears game mm-hmm. against, I don't necessarily remember who. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it now, but Justin Fields had a strong performance, and there were a few other players you could name. Trevor Lawrence wasn't as big as people expected him to be in his first start in the preseason game, mm-hmm. but I I just don't think you can put that much stress on a quarterback. Uh, not not that much stress, but I think that's you can't expect him to do all of this as a number one pick of the draft. I get he's a number one pick, but if you're betting your whole season on him, then your season's going to go poorly, even if he does well. Right. Um, he did have a a throw that was a big catch by Marvin Jones Jr., a former Lion, who was actually doing pretty well that game which made me pretty happy because i liked marvin jones i think he's underrated but we i'm probably gonna go back to the lions talk because this is a detroit podcast well that's okay and and, and we will occasionally talk about we actually talked about this beforehand though this is going to be a detroit lions with uh some overall football uh talk but mostly detroit lions and it's going to be other detroit sports too on occasion uh like when Miguel Cabrera finally hits his 500th yeah. home run. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be brought up here. Uh, but I, we got a comment on here. It says, uh, do you see a benefit from both first and second string quarterbacks having a similar play style? Would that make Goff-Blau a better tandem? Yes. Because I think when, if two quarterbacks have the same play style, like if you, if, Here's a better example. If two quarterbacks have a different play style, like say we put Tim Boyle at second string and had Goff at first string, say Goff would just stay inside the pocket and throw to his receivers, his receivers wouldn't be expecting a long, drawn-out play. Mm -hmm. They'd just expect a potentially quick throw to them, and they'd be ready for a quick pass. But if you have Tim Boyle, who's going to run around trying to drag out the play as long as he can so that he can find somebody to get open you're usually not going to have your receivers ready for that and i think they're not going to be ready to 
have a continued play and they're not going to know what to do because they're not used to that. I actually agree with that, and that uh, totally makes sense to me. I agree with that, and I think that's uh, – I think you articulated that probably better than I would have, but I do agree. <laughs> no, I mean, it, the team is used to a certain play style. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, And they're likely – if we were to go to our second string quarterback, we likely would have the playbook change to revolve around him rather than have it change to revolve around what our team is used to. Right. Even though it's what our team is used to, your quarterback's going to be the most important part of your offensive play no matter what. You mm-hmm. can't just run the ball every play and you can't have a bad quarterback throwing the ball to your receivers. Yep. Or else the ball's going to be intercepted quite <laughs> often. So, uh, let's see. We've kind of jumped around here a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about any of the third down stuff, offensive or defensive? Um, I don't remember if you mentioned do, any of that. I or do not. kind of want to talk about Julian Okwara okay. and that he was playing throughout the whole game, which means that um, he, well, he was playing through the second quarter to the fourth, which means he was playing as second or third string. Mm-hmm. I assume second string. I don't see Julian O'Quara being a third string. He's pretty good. But I don't remember seeing him in the first quarter, and I don't know who was at his spot. Um, it was likely Trey Flowers or his brother, Romeo O'Quara. Mm-hmm. Um, but he made a big stop on a third and short run up the middle that the Bills tried to get where they would proceed to get a run up the middle on fourth down for a first. <laughs> So that third down didn't really mean much for a preseason game, but in that regular season game, it definitely meant a lot because it would have meant a lot because if you can get a stop on third down, nobody's going to ever go for it on fourth down. Mm -hmm. I don't care how short the distance is. I don't think anybody would go for it on fourth down from their own 35-yard line Mm -hmm. or from their own 40, for that matter. I think, um, for me, it's once you get to midfield and beyond that I would go for it on fourth. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just, just inches. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, or it's, if it's just inches, you might be able to do it from like your 45 or 40, mm-hmm. but even then it's dangerous. Cause if you don't get it, you They're have right there for a field goal, one basically. first down and you have a field goal. Yep. Or if you have Matt Prater, you're just going to keep the field goal after <laughs> right. three incompletions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or Justin Tucker as well, I guess. Who's he? Oh Yeah. Is he the one that had the competition with him last year about getting the longest field goal? I don't know. Does he play for Denver? He no, he is oh, not. Okay. Play. He plays for Baltimore. Okay. Um he's easily the best kicker in the league right now though. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the um Matt Prater is going to be a big loss this year? Yes, I agree. Um Matt Prater was missing a lot of field goals last year that he usually would have made. Um, I'm not saying like the 50 yard ones either. I don't think I'd ever seen Matt Prater miss a PAT aside from this year Mm. where he's missed a few of them that I remember. (laughs) I'm just happy they didn't miss that one against the Falcons that won us the game. (laughs) That made my day a lot better. (laughs) It was hard for me to last year was such a bizarre year, not having the fans and not, and then the whole Matt Patricia, like at the peak of the, you know, disgruntledness within the, there was a game we were watching and someone held up a sign that said fire Matt Patricia or something like that. Do you remember that? Were you watching that with me? And one of the guys in the sidelines saw it and was like, yeah, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like 
you have no, I have no idea what was going on back there, but it's hard for me to put a whole lot of stock in much of anything last year because, you know, we could have easily had a winning season. We were three plays away from. We were, well, we were five and eleven, and we had an onside kick that I thought we got against the Packers, but they ruled it as out mm-hmm. of bounds. But that doesn't necessarily mean we would have won that game. Um, but we had DeAndre Swift. He dropped a pass in the end zone on the first game of the year against the Bears. Mm-hmm who we would later beat in the year. That made me happy as well. <laughs> whenever we beat, whenever the Lions beat a division rival, it makes me happy. We had a... I think it makes any Lions fan happy. <laughs> a phantom roughing the passer call in our Vikings game when the Vikings were on goal line. Um, Tracy Walker right. got a sack, and it would have been from the 10-yard line. They likely would have kicked a field goal, mm-hmm. but um, refs called roughing the passer on him, and we barely lost that game, so... We were close to having a um eight and eight year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was with Matt Patricia at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I remember um what was it last year or two years ago that we started out like three one or two one and one. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we were two one and one was because our offensive coordinator called a timeout and Carry on Johnson fumbled the ball. <laughs> That's right. Of which the Chiefs took back for a touchdown. At the beginning of two years ago, honestly, I would have thought that Matt Patricia was the answer for the Lions because we almost started that year 4-0. and mm-hmm. And then we lost all eight games after we lost Stafford. <laughs> we just got, uh says 8-8 eight and eight would have uh, won the NFC East last year. <laughs> <laughs> our, our record would have almost won it. What's that? Um, the NFC East. Oh, the five and what were we five and five 11? and eleven? Five and eleven. Six and ten was the winning record for the <laughs> NFC. People call it the NFC least. The NFC least. <laughs> All right. So, um, looking at some of the stuff here, uh, we talked about Aquara. There was third down offensive. Uh, Ragnow Sewell. Oh, um, there was a the very first play of the game. Um, I'm going to go to that before we go to the third down. Do you want me with, to bring up the pictures for that? Um, No, I'm just going to talk about it. The pictures aren't necessarily needed. But okay. um, with the very first play of the game, there was Jared Goff almost threw an interception, and people talked about that a lot. It was dropped by the defender. But um, on that play, on that play specifically, I guess you could bring up a picture of just the original screenshot, the not edited one. Okay. But um, on that play, Jared Goff has to keep up on the. He's throwing it to the guy at the thirty-yard line um, on the top of the screen, and he's um, trying to fit that throw into a very, very tight spot, which is where he is supposed to um, try and throw the ball on that concept. That's a stick concept, but um, I'm not going to explain it right now. That's too difficult to explain in 30 seconds so but in that concept he has to throw the ball to the receiver's outside shoulder which is quite a difficult pass to fit in and he's gonna have to make a perfect throw for that to work because if he throws it too far outside you're gonna have the defender covering the flat there to make a play and if he throws it too far inside which he did you're gonna have the the linebacker that's there that's there make a play and even Mm -hmm. if he makes a perfect pass that's a difficult throw to to catch. catch yeah and he does have a receiver open on the other side of the field um, at the other 30. Which we have circled down there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I said it the other 30. <laughs> they were all the way down the field, wide open. <laughs> Goff just missed them. But um, you see him at the 30 there, but Goff was already in his throwing motion. I don't think he would have been able to notice him even if, well, even if he didn't throw that original pass as a lie, but I don't think he would have been able to notice him. Mm-hmm. But And then on third down later that drive, um, Panay Sewell, um, people saying that Panay Sewell gave up a sack on that drive. Gregory Rousseau got the sack, but um, Jared Goff did kind of just fall down. And I don't think that this might just be me used to Stafford's playing and how he would step up in the pocket and stuff like that. But um, if you were to look at that play, you'd see Frank Ragnow snaps the ball and doesn't have anyone to block. He just snaps the ball and everyone's one-on-one blocked and everyone has outside is trying to get to the outside of their blocker. So he has nobody to block and he's just looking at the other way as one of the defensive linemen, defensive tackles, Harrison Phillips, the mm-hmm. bills defensive tackle breaks through. Our, went right behind Ragnow. Yeah. Right behind Ragnow yeah. and um, was the main reason in my opinion that that sack happened. Cause if he wasn't there, golf could have stepped up in the pocket, maybe ran, Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying he would have gotten a first down, but he could have at least ran for some yardage rather than being sacked or thrown a pass while on the run or just right. stepped up in the pocket and threw it. Was there? We don't have that video on here, do we? That no. wasn't one that we grabbed. Okay. Um, what do you want to talk about? Oh, well, I, uh, any I, of this stuff is fine with me. I, I just you, like hearing Utah. That's why I started this whole thing. <laughs> Uh, reason to sit down and uh, listen to Noah talk about football a little bit, and I'll just throw my color commentary in on occasion and run <laughs> the board here. Um, so uh, you were talking here uh, when you said trying out the concept that didn't work. You're talking about the stick, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's were, what I thought. Yeah. Um, so the last thing that we have on here is uh, on our list of things or whatever was just Dan Campbell with the clock, which we already kind of – um we talked have, about what's that um we have craig reynolds and dedrick mills or oh yeah dedrick that's mills. right craig reynolds um big 25 yard touchdown it, run it's funny so we have uh uh a comment here that says preseason game one mvp with a question mark so who craig reynolds yeah that's me. that's funny we um, brought up craig reynolds right now and that <laughs> comment came in because that's um, for me it would either be craig reynolds or dedrick or dedrick mills whatever mm-hmm you think whatever however you want to pronounce his name um both running backs for the lions so that's a good thing to hear because mm-hmm. you never hear that with detroit mvp running back of the team i guess it would always be stafford but they said julian Oquara for them julian Oquara, that's not a bad one either he made a few big plays mm-hmm. um reynolds for me was huge because here's here's what happened with reynolds he got signed that day we were listening previous day previous yeah. night yeah, the previous night. But he didn't show up until... Until that game. They, they, he I was watching. He showed up first at that game, and Goff was like, I didn't know him before. You. Right. We were watching that post-game interview with Goff, and they're like, so what do you think of him? He's like, well, he played great, but I don't. I'm still never met the guy. And everyone laughed. He's like, no, really, I literally have not even spoken to him before. <laughs> um, For him to... He, he was... <laughs> 
he was introducing himself to people in the huddle. In the huddle, he'd, get, he'd yeah. get to the huddle and he'd just introduce himself, and they'd go on with their game. Yeah, and he he came in, and they were saying, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't remember exactly uh, who it was or what they were saying, but for the most part, they were saying that um, he he just came in and said, "Put me in. I I don't." I'll figure it out, and I just want to go in and play. He and didn't even know what the playbook was. You hear Dan Campbell talk, exactly. and he didn't know what the playbook was. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what they were doing. But you'd just see him run into piles and pop out of them anyways. <laughs> well, I got, and this is a huge uh, uh, inaccurate comparison. Barry Sanders. Yes, <laughs> that one, that 25-yard play. Did you see him? He was going one direction, and he, and he stopped and started going the other direction, and I got a real Barry Sanders <laughs> vibe from that. Um, no, no, I'm not saying I, this guy is Barry I, Sanders. I actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's definitely not Barry Sanders. He's a young guy. I don't remember where he came from. I know that he was signed by us yesterday. Well, the day before the thing, but yeah. Um, or day before the Pre-season game. season game. But... Um, I do know that he played pretty well. <laughs> um, he ran in on that 25-yard touchdown run. He, um, I just watched that over. Mm-hmm. We have the Craig Reynolds highlights, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We can play those. Um, you could play the touchdown run to see what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, but, I'll, um, I'll play these, and then we can kind of talk about because I, I don't have the timestamps necessarily for those, but we'll hop over to these really oh, quick. I didn't put the timestamp in there. Uh, you might have, but I don't have that centered right now for that that's okay um come over here to this mic real quick and we can so you can see it if you want all right i will um yeah so we'll uh noah's gonna be kind of in the background a little bit here but i have a comment on there says slow your roll host so um i don't think uh they're taking the barry sanders comments (laughs) (laughs) but okay so we'll go ahead and play Detroit at midfield. Yeah. And slipping through. Slipped through there. Was it? Yeah. Do you see that? Reynolds cuts it back. Craig Reynolds. And this dive here. Yes, both of those. But look at how he. Yes, how he cut back. I got a real. Right there. It was right there. I got a real. Now, and like I said before, the slow your roll host or whatever else, I, I'm not saying this guy is Barry Sanders at all. I'm not even saying he's better than Swift or anyone else necessarily. I'm just saying this was uh, shows uh, Barry Sanders was, you can go if you want to go back to the mic there. Um, Barry Sanders was very much, uh, he could improvise out on the field. Um, he was very good at that. Like if the play where he was supposed to go wasn't working, he found a way to get 25 yards by doing a hop, spin and a jump in the other direction. Reminds me of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I just, I liked seeing that. Uh, that's all that this was clearly, this guy's not Barry Sanders. You know, if he turned out to be, that would be amazing. But you know, <laughs> no Lions fan would complain if he turned out to be yeah, Barry Sanders. But I mean, just just also, watch. That would be the prediction of the century. <laughs> yeah, that he had no option but to improvise during this game. He had and no option but to improvise. And watch this. Watch is every big play he had was made by him as well. Mm-hmm. None of so, them were. Reynolds yeah. Cuts it back. 
And there are four guys chasing him at that yeah. where you stopped right there. I'm, I'm going to play this one more time. What? He's going to where the play is supposed to go. I can see the play right now. Oh, can you see it from there? Good. Okay, good. That's right. So, so he's going to where the play was supposed to go. So stretch left. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> was not happening, and he found a way to, to – he's at the 30-yard line right now. He found a way to make that a touchdown. Nope. He's going to go this way. And then this dive in. That was an amazing dive. It was. That reminded me of um, – I'm not sure if you've seen this, but the Taylor Heineke dive into the end zone in the divisional playoff game. Um, Taylor Heineke was of the leaders of the NFC East. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was the quarterback of that team, and he just managed to improvise and found a way to dive from the five-yard line into the end zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this this could have been a fluke, and if you have to rate a MVP for a preseason game, that's a hard thing to do because, like we said, this is such a bizarre scenario to try to really – but for me, that was cool. Him and coming in out of nowhere, having a few really good runs and was, having that run, which I think was amazing. So, But um, the only thing that's about that is a lot of the Lions running backs did something like that, which makes me think that, well, it might not be that special. He might have just cut back and then found a little open hole. Because um, Dedrick Mills, or Dedrick Mills, again, I don't know. I'm just going to call just him commit, Dedrick. Just commit to one until we find out that we're wrong and we'll change it. I like to be on both sides until <laughs> the very end. Um, But Dedrick Mills was fourth, fourth and one. He gets a carry from the 40-yard line, gets it down to the 20, where he does the exact same thing. He gets the handoff and immediately has to improvise and immediately does so and gets a 20-yard gain out of it. So I think that's something the Bills are not good at doing. <laughs> They're not ready for some guy to miss a tackle and them having to actually do their job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so is there is there anything that we missed uh, that you wanted to talk about or touch on before um, we kind of get to the wrapping up part of the podcast here? Um, specific players. Um, we could talk about third downs in general. Um, I. I was we were listening to the that one show what was it the ticket Oh uh, after the game on the way yeah. home in Detroit yeah 97 and won the ticket Yeah they were saying There's a little plug for you guys so <laughs> you guys just got advertised to four people 97 <laughs> Anyway go ahead I want to be paid <laughs> But um um they were talking they had a someone on there who was talking about how many times have you seen third and 11 or third and long, third and 20, fourth and long, mm-hmm. that the Lions just couldn't do anything on defense and couldn't stop them. But the Bills on third down, um, that entire game on third down, they were three of 12. Okay. Three- I guess I hadn't really... They, I, I didn't know that. They only had a quarter of their first downs, and half of those um, stops, or not even half, that'd be like three quarters of those stops were from pressures or a sack. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them being from the rookie who we were talking about earlier, Derek Barnes. Mm-hmm. Is it Derek Barnes? <laughs> Forgot his name because there are so many names. <laughs> That's, uh, my, I'm, I have alphabet soup in my head right now for a lot of these players. I'm trying to get it all sorted out. But um, Another player who I actually might put as MVP of that game might have been David Blau, honestly. Five of, five of six for 
77 yards isn't that bad at all. No, that's not. And there was that's actually what um, I, I put a note down here to talk about when you were done. I wanted to talk about Goff a little bit as far as that drive. When we were listening to 97-1, they were saying leaving that he, Detroit that day, they were not. They were they weren't impressed. Yeah, they were tepid at best was their feeling towards Goff. And I don't yes, that first that first pass was not good. It was almost intercepted. Your analysis of that was that, you know, that was they were just trying something that clearly didn't work, but that's fine. But what'd he go? It's and then seven, seven for nine. He went seven for nine. Yeah. The only other incompletion was just a shot down the field for a touchdown. Right. It, it wasn't a bad showing, I don't think. And Campbell even said, and I don't think people were keeping, were uh, paying attention to that or thinking about that when they were making these comments. Campbell even said that we're, for right now, basically, Goff is not going to be a long ball. That's not what we're doing with him. We're going to be running these short, you know, we're going to be doing screens or whatever they're doing out there, just getting some passes and moving down the field. Um, it, it, they weren't, it, you know, and another thing is, um, or keep going. Oh, no, that's I, good. I, that's I can't remember. Go ahead. Um, okay. But, um, on the second drive where we kicked a field goal to tie it up three to three, um, Jared Goff probably would have had a first down uh, on that if he wasn't trying to keep himself from being hurt because it was a preseason game and he just scrambled and fell down after like five yards down to the 10. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if that was a regular season game, I could see him running that down to the five or getting a first down mm-hmm. or making it a very manageable fourth down situation where we would go for it. Yes. And that's another good point to bring in on the preseason games too, is the, you know, preseason what, so what much do, different from regular season. What do season. you want out of a preseason game? The, every coach's first answer is going to be no one gets hurt. And then they're going to talk about what they want to do beyond that. But their main concern is that they don't injure somebody before they have a chance to use them at all in a real game that actually matters, mm-hmm. which I think plays into, okay, we're done at the end of the game and not calling a timeout and, you know, doing that. And also into, there were – you know, the quarterbacks always cower a little bit when someone gets there, but Goff was overly. Goff's know. a strong quarterback. <laughs> right. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Favorite, my favorite thing about Goff is the fact that he broke his thumb in a divisional game against the Seahawks, I think. What, it was, no, it was week 16 against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He went for a throw and hit it on someone's helmet and broke his thumb and popped it out of place, and he just popped it back into place and kept Finished playing, kept throwing. Yeah. That was like, what? two quarters in mm-hmm. maybe a quarter in um but it's not like he's a weak quarterback it's not like you would normally see him fall down like that he right a, exactly that's what, that's what i'm saying he's not so. strong stafford's definitely the strongest quarterback in the league in my opinion <laughs> i think that's obvious you'd have to be to be able to survive for that long let's see uh, <laughs> stafford would be on the ir for 10 months well after breaking the thumb <laughs> <laughs> One of my right favorite. after talking about how Stafford's strong, oh, Stafford Stafford's a tough guy. Well, he he just put, followed up with just kidding, but um, you know, one of my favorite to kind of go back in time here a little bit. I love watching that video of Stafford, his separated shoulder, and he yes. throws that pass for a touchdown. Where he went back in Cleveland. where they had yeah had the mic on. He was him like, the whole I can time. throw one more pass, coach. Yeah, put me back in. I'm going to do it and. And it won the game. Yeah, and then immediately <laughs> after the pass, he... it was what was it? The year after we went zero and sixteen and drafted him, and we almost went zero and sixteen again, <laughs> and that was like one of our few wins of the season. Yep. But 
one well, another thing to show just how unimportant preseason can be. The year we went 0 and 16 in Detroit in 2008, our preseason we went 4 and 0 and won every <laughs> single game of preseason. So, so that's a very good point. We were too. 4 and 16. <laughs> no, 4 and 16. 4 and uh, 20. We were 4 and 20 that year. 4 and 20? Well, if you count the preseason and all of the games, how many did we win that year? Pre- yeah, oh, oh, oh. Preseason we won. <laughs> that's oh, what I, I was you, saying. So we were 4 and 16 that year in terms of record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really paid t- attention to preseason that much yeah. recently. This is the first preseason I've really been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. But so, so really quick, I think I've touched on everything that I wanted to because I wanted to defend Goff a little bit because I was upset when they were. I don't think someone who goes, uh, what what was it against seven and nine that he went? I don't think someone who fifty three yards, yeah, or something like that. I don't think someone who goes seven of nine is to say that he did a poor job at all. So I just wanted to be able to defend I mean, him a little what's bit. What's that passing percentage? That's about seventy percent. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit higher. Yeah, it's a little bit higher than 70%. Mm-hmm. So so I'm okay with that. He didn't have any. It would have been nice if they could have connected down the field on that long one. But but that that was just good coverage. That wasn't a bad throw. That wasn't a bad attempt at a catch. It was just good. Well, yeah. you could say it was a bad attempt at a catch. Any catch that's not caught is technically a bad attempt at a catch. <laughs> but it's... No, I got you. I, I agree. It's a good throw, and it's not like it's a bad decision. It's one-on-one coverage with your deep threat receiver, one of your deep threat receivers downfield. Right. Lions have never had someone who just gets open. <laughs> All of our receivers have just been go up and get it. Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola was the only one who was like a quick receiver who you could get it too fast or mm-hmm. just someone who would get at least slightly open. Something that neither of the other two can do. <laughs> but okay, well, I think um, I think that's going to be it as far as talking about the previous game. The only thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap it up for today is what are you looking for uh, this coming Friday? What do you want to see? Um, in terms of players, or I, who do you want to see in terms of players? We know we're not going to see Swift. I, I don't think um, you... Swift is planning by the way about that swift is planning on trying to get back to practice by next week Mm -hmm. um and it's just a minor injury there's nothing major he didn't tear an acl or anything like that Mm -hmm. something that saquon barkley often does but so we know we're not going to be seeing him this weekend but uh this week but just asking when you ask what what do i mean who do you who do you want to see what do you want to see them do uh, I want to see the running backs compete. Do you? Okay. I want to see um, evenly split carries between Craig Reynolds and... That's what I was going to say. Do you think Reynolds is going to get a little bit more play time? I think that Reynolds is... I think Reynolds was our fourth string running back. I think he yeah. was like on our bench. I agree. And That's I think, what I mean. Do you I think, think he's, he's moved up to third or fourth string. Oh, actually, he would have been like fifth string. Because mm-hmm. you had Jamar Jefferson, Dedrick Mills, Jamal Williams, and DeAndre Swift. Swift. So I think he moved up to third or fourth string. I think that was a good performance by him. And as long as we don't have refs who penalize us for taunting by tossing the ball up in the air, then <laughs> we should be good. Um, but, I I mean, it looks like Craig Reynolds has is, is been doing pretty well. Um, I think... 
I what sucks is I think Jamar Jefferson fell down a bit on that little depth chart. Yeah. On the roster, I think he fell down to fifth string, which sucks because I want him to do well, but I don't think they're going to play him that much. I think we're going to see more Craig Reynolds and Dedrick Mills. Well, hopefully, I want to see I want to see more of Reynolds and I I want to see I'm the wish I could have seen Goff play a little bit more. I understand that they don't. Yeah, we got to the game late, so we didn't even that, really see Goff play. Yeah, but we watched we watched, watched it later the first quarter just yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I would I I'm excited to see him a little bit more um because I just I want to see because the jury's still out on him, but I mean I was happy with uh 7 of 9, but you know, I want to see him play more because I'm really a little anxious and nervous about not having Stafford. So, um Lions are never used to that. Mm-hmm. Don't have Stafford. But I'm I'm really excited about um or I I really want to see I want to see more of Goff uh so the jury doesn't have to be out on him so much. I want to feel a little bit more confident about him I, and I want to see uh Reynolds or just running backs like you said in general because we I also want to see Tom Kennedy. Okay. Um, he was a receiver. Um, his name was called a lot. I don't, I don't know if that was just him like blown coverage by the Bills or not. But he had like five or six receptions, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I again, his name was called a lot. So, um, I wonder how many quarters our starters are going to be playing. Usually it's um every week you have more quarters played, so usually it's gonna be it's likely going to be a full half of would, starters. That's what I was hoping for when I said I'd like to see more of Goff. I'd like to see more than just two drives. With it it likely it it'd likely be a full half of starters and then third game we might do three quarters or a, just a full half again. So we got a comment here. It says, uh, next preseason, Lions at Steelers uh, Saturday. Um, only three preseason games this year, which I knew that. Um, so maybe starters will play longer as it's the second-to-last preseason game. That's a good way to look at oh, it. This yeah. is the second-to-last game, uh, which has always been the way it works in the past. So, And that's what I'd, I'd like to see more of Goff, and I would I want to see if this Reynolds thing was a fluke or not. I, I don't. I don't think two games is enough for that. I think I think we're going to hit the regular season, and that's when I want to see Reynolds. I want to see Reynolds in the regular season rather than the preseason. Or okay. if we do play Reynolds in the preseason, I want to see him playing when the Steelers starters are playing. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree with that too. So, But I guess that's all I got for this week, unless you have something else you wanted to – one last thing you wanted to say before we wrap her up. What are predictions for the next game and the Colts game? Or no, we'll do just the yeah. We're gonna game do this right weekly, now. so I, I I can't make any predictions for a preseason game. Um, guess. guess. Yeah. Um, I think I think we're going to see. I don't know. We'll go twenty-one to. 17. Win or loss? Win. Win? You know me. We've done this already. It's always a win. Yeah, but you've also predicted that Lions are going to go 17-0 and 0 this year. I did not predict that. 
I did not predict that. That was a, no. You predicted they were going sixteen and one. That my was, bad. That, I did actually say sixteen and one, but that was that was a joke prediction. That I was just a I mess with Jeff. I don't believe it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think you actually believe the Lions are going to go sixteen. What, and I, one. what I have said, and I have said this since they're going to make playoffs. Like no, or no, I don't. They're going to do decent. I think we. A lot of people are saying that the Lions, this is another low point for the Lions. We lost Stafford. We're in a rebuild. And no one's expecting, like, at best, um, you know, people. And I'm saying right from the day when, when we found out we were trading Stafford for Goff. Yeah. Um, everyone. saying the team sucks now. Yeah. And that, you know, we're not, it's not even going to be as good as it was in 2020. I have said from the very beginning that I think that we can have, I would not be surprised if we pulled off a winning season. I know that that's extremely optimistic and everybody, including people in chat here have, uh, disagree, (laughs) have disagreed with me, but I think it's, I would not be surprised. Am I expecting a winning season? No, but I think we have the capability to pull it off. The Lions are a weird team because they're always, always going to have that one confusing game that they somehow win, like the Jets when they somehow beat the Rams after losing every game previous to that, or the Jaguars with their, they won their first game of the season last year and then literally lost out. Mm-hmm. They went 0-15 in their last 15 games of the season. Right. But... The Lions, it's weird because they have the potential to win any game. They always have. They've always had the potential to win any game. It's just the odds of them winning that game. <laughs> well, I th- that falls that falls for any team with that everything. But I just think we had a lot of games last year that were very close. Um, we always do. We always have, you know, and other teams probably have this too. But we have. We have some uh, officiating. We have some officiating issues that really screw us over. Sometimes we literally have NFL rules that are written because of some janky thing that happened in a game uh, yeah. with us, with Calvin Johnson and stuff like that. With um, the Rams and Saints mm-hmm. as well in the NFC Championship game of 2018. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so there's. Um, I think they will be better than predicted, but I'm not as optimistic as you. Okay, so. That that was a comment in there on that. Now I and like I said, I'm not saying that. I think we're saying the same thing. I am not. I don't think that we're you, you gonna be. You think they'll do better than? I think we're gonna do. I think we're gonna surprise people. And I've been saying this since I got over my uh, heartbreak of losing Stafford, <laughs> which took about a week. Two days. <laughs> yeah, it took a few days. But after after that, and I really started looking at things and looking at the draft picks and and getting to know Campbell a little bit. Um, not that I went out and had coffee with him, (laughs) but you know, I do like him. Um, and I just, I'm cautiously optimistic. And I think that I think we will do better than what people are predicting. And I think that we have the ability to have a winning season this year. Will it happen? No, I, I, you know, I'm not expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised. So and and slowly, 
slowly I see articles on Sports Illustrated and uh, ESPN and stuff like, like that. You're starting to see. Yeah, people are starting to come around to what I've been saying for a few months. So I wish <laughs> we had started to... this podcast, you know, four months ago. So it could be on record that I've been saying this from the beginning. But so, anyways, uh, and then there's another comment here that says uh, Lions defense can only go up. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's debatable. <laughs> you think it can get worse? I think it could get worse if our whole team gets injured. Well, yeah, of course. There's always that one team that everybody on the team gets injured. Last year it was the 49ers who went from a Super Bowl to not even making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And the Bears made the playoffs, so that's really saying something that they didn't make the playoffs. (laughs) If you think the Lions are bad, the Lions beat the Bears, and they almost swept the Bears in our two divisional games, Mm -hmm. and they made the playoffs. (laughs) <laughs> he said he said well yeah if they only suit one guy up <laughs> they've one guy they're gonna pull a matt patricia and just put 10 guys out there on defense yeah i th- our, our defense can definitely be 0.9 percent better or what was it no like nine percent uh, better just by having all of the guys out on the field so <laughs> that's but, something matt patricia couldn't do <laughs> but anyways matt so, patricia was just ocd he had to have 10 people on the field couldn't, be 11. <laughs> couldn't handle an 11 <laughs> So, all right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for now. Uh, Noah, thank you. Uh, had a good time. Hopefully, uh, we can do this more. We're going to try to make this at least a once a week thing. Like um, every game. Yeah, like every game. Well, just once a week, talk about what happened and talk about what we hope is going to happen coming up. And uh, we'll have different guests on here on occasion. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Thank you, everybody. Right now, this is just on Twitch. Eventually, uh, I'm going to throw stuff up on YouTube. Eventually, we'll be on an actual podcast uh, that you'll be able to find on iTunes and uh, your favorite podcasting app. I don't have it there yet, but this this podcast specifically will get there, too, when I get it there. So hopefully in about a week or so for the few people that are watching. Uh, for everyone that is watching, thank you for coming by. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, feel free to uh, follow the channel. Uh, get notified when we do do this we'll eventually hopefully get on a regular schedule but it's going to be kind of when we can do it uh for a while here but so all right any parting words noah before we go lions are going 0 and 17 why would you say that (laughs) it's the most horrible thing that you could say i'm kicking you off the show you're no longer on the show at one episode and at the end of it i said one (laughs) sentence that got me removed from it forever you've been permanently banned Can't even watch the show. (laughs) Can't comment on it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Say goodbye. See ya. (laughs) 